On this episode of the Cleveland Real Estate Investor Podcast, Mike Riley is joined by retail management consultant Bob Antal. They discuss how the industry has changed over time with influence of technology and how social distancing will impact the business overall. Stay tuned. And I'm with uh, Bob Antal, who's calling in from Pasadena. Bob, give us a little bit of your resume in the retail business. All right. I'll give you the short version. Um, You know, my career started out in technology. I worked for IBM for four or five years, and I got hired by uh, a retailer in Cleveland who no longer exists called Gray Drugstores. And I spent about 20 years working in the retail industry uh, before I moved into consulting. And then I did about 24 years of consulting uh, for large retailers, large chains. And um, the last 11 years was my own business. Um, so I spent a lot of time with a lot of different retailers over the last 40 years or so. Yeah. I remember, uh, when we first met this probably in the eighties, um, one of your clients was target. It was just coming into view. Right. That was probably about 1994. And you were real high on that company. You said, watch this company. Um, that's a, that's a stock, to to buy. What did you see in Target that made you say that? You know, it was, um, they had a really good concept and they had an excellent management team. And uh, one of the things they did very early on before many retailers is they embraced technology. Now, as we all know, technology has become an integral part of retailing today with uh, e-commerce and, you know, their point of sale terminals and all that sort of thing. But Back in the 90s, you know, the retailers were pretty much skeptical of what technology could do for them and really were lagging other industries and in making that investment. I remember reading uh, about uh, Sam Walton and Walmart, how they also embraced technology. They were putting uh, dishes in their um, all their stores so they could speed up the transaction process for people using credit cards. Um, right, right. They were also an early adopter. Um, and they were getting so big that they had economies of scale. So it's easier when you're that size to make pretty good investments. And the one thing about the retail industry is that basically their needs, technology wise, are the same whether you're a multi billion dollar retailer or you're kind of a mom and pop. Um, you pretty much need the same kinds of information to run your business. Right. Now, let's fast forward uh, to now. You're retired. Um, if you were back in the game, what would you cons- what would you tell your clients um, in retail now? I know that's a kind of a wide ranging question, but depending <laughs> on the retailer. Well, um, up until the pandemic hit. Um, the entire trend was all about customer experience because there are so many retailers that offer very similar, if not identical products. The only way that you can really identify your, or um, differentiate yourself um, is giving customers an excellent experience when they do business with you. And that experience needs to be consistent, whether they're doing Uh, shopping in your stores, electronic commerce, making a telephone call to order something, whatever, whatever. Um, It has to be seamless to them. So if you're offering a product for $49.99, 
across the entire uh, internet, you know, you can't be charging $59.99 in, in your local store. I mean, it confuses the customer. Um, well, plus, so the, it's all about just delighting that customer. Right. And then you got to compete against the 800 pound gorilla, which is Amazon. People are going to, people get used to more comfortable buying online. They got to ask themselves, uh, is this customer experience really worth my time going out to the store? Um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a very, very difficult thing for almost any retailer to compete with. Um, but I'll give you a good example of how you can compete with that. Um, I was buying a flat screen TV a couple of years ago and I was looking at my options and, uh, you know, Best Buy and Amazon and whatever, whatever. And I was very tempted to go with Amazon because their price was the lowest, but I decided to use Best Buy and lo and behold, TV that came was damaged. Now, if it was Amazon, it would have been a hassle to repackage it, whatever, whatever, get a authorization, return it, and a week later, get another TV back. But with Best Buy, I drove to my local store in 20 minutes, told them what the problem was. Even though I didn't buy it from that store, I bought it online. They replaced it, and I was out of the store in about 10 minutes. Yeah. Now, that's a great customer experience. Right. And I also think if you're going to buy you know, a TV or a piece of clothing, um, it's hard to do it online. I mean, for me, I'd like to see that TV, like to see the quality of the picture, um, unless it's a commodity, you know, like coffee or underwear, you know, you bought it before, you know, the, you know, the, the vendor, um, or, uh, you know, like I buy echo shoes and yeah. I've been buying those for 15 years, but I know, I know the size, I know the style and I'm going on my third, you know, black loafers. Yeah. Uh, yep. You're right. Um, um, but, you know, people like uh, Zappos have overcome that because Zappos says you can have full return privilege, privileges. So people go buy, you know, three or four different pairs of shoes and return the ones that don't fit or they don't like or whatever. And it's pretty easy to do. Um, so those kinds of obstacles are becoming less and less anymore. But you're right. For the most part, you want to see it, you want to touch it, you want to try it on, whatever. And it's one of the advantages that a brick and mortar retailer has that an Amazon. Is you know, and Walmart is uh, stocks doing very well during this crisis. Um, they are because unlike Amazon, they have the brick and mortar stores. And uh, exactly, people, you know, I think it's people want to find a way to get out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, highlight of the day is going to the grocery store. So, uh, I mean, if, if you're safely attired, but. Um, uh, you're right. You're right. But there's another factor here. And that is when we enter into a recession, uh, such as 2008, what happens is people trade down. So the stores that do well are stores like Family Dollar, Target, Walmart, um, Costco, TJ Maxx. Um, those sort of things. So um, that's what's one of the things that's happening right now is that well, people I are think, saying money's tight. Yeah. And I think you look at uh, Neiman Marcus, that's uh, that's going, I think, bankrupt or talk, in discussion yeah. bankruptcy. I uh, think every single department store has a high risk of going out of business during this. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's, it's so in a way it's, 
this virus is like a forest fire. Um, it's just burning up the deadwood. So these retail stores that were already struggling, this is the final nail in the coffin. Um, it is. And the department stores have been the anchors at malls, okay, which draw people in. So all these malls that have been struggling, and that's the majority of them, uh, also risk going out of business. I, I'd be surprised if we didn't see a mass amount of mall closures now. Or reinventing the mall. Um, and even, let's take, for example, Severance Center, um, which is one of the original malls that was built in Cleveland Heights, because this is the Cleveland Real Estate Investor Podcast. So let's, let's move to Cleveland. Let's, let's string these, uh, these balls together. I think that Cleveland is going to come out of this in a very strong position uh, by virtue of its healthcare facilities, its healthcare industry, and the way uh, Mike DeWine, uh, Republican governor of Ohio, has done uh, navigating um, through this virus. Um, you're going to, you have a, um, um, it's, it's a nice combination of neighborhoods, but they're not built on top of each other, you know, like New York City, um, you know, or Chicago. It's a little more spread out, but still very accessible. And you know the, how much the housing costs here in comparison to the coastal right. state. Right. I mean, it's night and day. Um, a house here that, you know, we have a four bedroom, three bath house goes for, you know, 200,000 in Cleveland in a nice neighborhood. You know, in in your area in Pasadena, it's like 1.5 million. I right. mean, it's no comparison. Right. Um, so Cleveland's coming out of this, and there's been a lot of stories prior to the virus um, of how these malls are now evolving, food court style. Um, but even that's going to be in the next year a struggle because people are not going to they want to maintain the social distance. What, what are some of the thought ideas you've heard from your people in the retail about how the way of these malls uh, going? What's the future here besides just tear them down? Um, you know, it's been a real problem because as you know, many, many malls have closed over the last 10 to 15 years. And, you know, many of them like Randall Park Mall just get torn down um, because you know, mm -hmm. when you think about it, it's really hard to repurpose these things. It's very expensive and very risky to do that. So I'm sure that some of them will be. Um, you know, there's been talk about turning some into uh, uh, nursing homes or, uh, you know, assisted living, whatever, whatever. Or maybe even warehouses uh, for Amazon. Possibly, you know? although the configuration is pretty poor for a warehouse, you know. Yeah. Um, so the answer is, I don't know what's going to happen. I think a lot of them just will be torn down. Um, but getting back to Cleveland for a minute, there's a couple other things Cleveland has going for it. Number one, um, diversity of industry now. You know, um, back in the day, you know, Cleveland is so manufacturing oriented. Right. And when we hit some bad spots in the economy, like the 70s, it hurt Cleveland pretty badly. But um, speaking of manufacturing, uh, I think one of the things that's going to come out of this uh, pandemic aftermath is a return to manufacturing in the states. I think what we've seen is supply chains are too fragile right now. When you get into a difficult position like we're in right now, 
we're scrambling around the world to try to find parts for ventilators and to try to find uh, appropriate medications to do this and to do that. So I think Cleveland's going to benefit from a resurgence in manufacturing. It's not going to get back to where it was. Uh, well, but, but I think Cle- we're going to. Yeah, but Cleveland, with its uh, its strong medical um, centers, um, you know, industry, the clinic, UA, Case, um, the biotech, the, the life sciences, stuff like that. Yeah. I think you're absolutely right. I think you're going to see a lot more, um, man, like you say, specialized manufacturing returning to the States. I mean, there was a great story in the um, New York Times a week or so ago about how um, these, uh, these whiz, whiz kids in uh, New York City um, built the ventilator, you yeah. know, a basic yep. ventilator, not, you know, not the high-end ICU ventilator, but a sort of a stopgap ventilator for 10,000 bucks as opposed to 30,000. And they sent the blueprints around the world so that people could, you know, could yeah. uh, manufacture. That's, that's pretty cool. That really yeah. is. And now they're talking about um, all this stuff being done with 3D printers. Um, making masks, uh, right? Company, right. company uh, Cleveland that that uh, Governor Dewine reached out again through his contacts with the clinic, and uh, this company, I forget the name of it, um, is now m- using their three D capabilities to make masks. Um, Speaking of masks, um, one of the trends that I'm starting to see is fashion masks. Yeah, I mean, let's face it, we're going to be wearing masks for a long time. And uh, it's going to become a fashion item. Um, I happened to see a guy the other day that wore one that looked sleek, like uh, sort of a Batman kind of thing, you know. And I said, wow, he's already into the fashion, you know, and it's going to happen. Well, uh, you know, uh, listeners out there, go on, go to uh, the internet, Google and search for Ben Affleck mask. I guess he's uh, he he made the grade. (laughs) Is that right? (laughs) Okay. Exactly. One more thing about Cleveland. Um, there's a, a lot of noise going on out there right now about how difficult it is to live in big cities like New York. Right. And, right. you know, n- not only cost of housing, but the total cost of living and the commute time and all the other hassles you have in a big city. And the airports, the clog. The yeah, commute. all that. And there's a lot of people that are thinking, you know, this may be the straw that breaks the camel's back on that. And young people especially are going to say, is it really worth it? You know, could I have a better quality of life living in Cleveland? Right. Um, even though I might not make quite as much money, the money's going to go a lot further. As, yeah. You don't have to spend as much. You'll probably right. end up net positive. Right. So what you're making, and especially if you're working remotely in a job. Right. Um, I, we, one of our uh, tenants, uh, one of our six or seven tenants that came in from New York um, I had a chance to talk with him last night. Um, he's walking the dog and he's, he had a digital marketing business in New York, which he sold a year ago. And he was using that time. And this guy's probably in his mid forties, low early forties. They've got three kids, young kids. And he was telling me that, um, you know, he's doing consulting work from his house. Right. And, and um, he's uh you know, a lot of these people who end up in Cleveland staying for a while, 
on a short-term basis may end up permanently moving here. Right, right. So what, what's it like in, a, in the L.A. area? I mean, it's one thing to talk about New York, but you're, you're in the Pasadena, L.A. area. Yeah. Um, you know, the people here are doing, they started early, shelter in place, and they're doing a pretty good job of it. Um, it's unbelievable how little traffic there is. You know, I was out walking the dog at 7.30 this morning and like there's hardly any cars, there was hardly any people out there, which is unheard of. You know, I live on a busy street and uh, it's usually very crowded. It's difficult to cross the street because it's so crowded. Reminds you of anyway, Cleveland, doesn't um, it? <laughs> it reminds you of Cleveland, the, the lack of traffic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it sort of does. You know, we came back from my son's house yesterday uh, on the freeways, which is normally a nightmare. And it took 45 minutes instead of an hour and 15, you know. Yeah. So it was great. It's really, you know, a whole different ball game right now. But again, I think a lot of people are going to stay home now that they're accustomed to working at home. I think there's going to be a trend. To yeah, a lot, less, more more. a lot less driving around, getting up and go. and Yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's take a break and talk very briefly about one of our sponsors. Team Mike with Century 21 Realty. I've worked with Mike Ferrante for over 10 years. He's smart and his team is energetic. Mike doesn't show a house, he sells a house with proactive 21st century marketing, such as 3D showings, which during this pandemic is becoming a real game changer in the real estate industry. So if you want to sell your house fast and at the right price, call Team Mike at Century 21 Realty. Okay. Back to our show. So, um, but what what is it like living in the LA area compared to your time? Your you grew up in Cleveland. You grew, you yeah, yeah. You know, you know, we're in a small city, and there's about two hundred thousand people in Pasadena, and it's densely populated. Um, a lot of vibrancy. You know, it's kind of exciting. Um, you know, there's a lot of activity going on all the time, um, which we love. I mean, it's, it's a lot of fun, but you got to get used to the noise. You got to get used to the hustle and bustle. And the other thing is we avoid going very far. I mean, we stay within a 10 mile radius most of the time, because once you get on a freeway, forget it. You could be stuck in traffic for hours, you know, right? trying to get from point A to point B. So you learn to time it, you know, you don't go at seven o'clock in the morning, you go at 11 o'clock and I can do that because I'm retired, you know. Um, so, you know, it's like any other big city. You, you take what's good and, and you put up with what's so bad, you know. Right, right. Now you've you had the experience of, you live in two pretty pricey areas, Pasadena and also in the Plymouth, Boston area. Yep. Um, and I remember when you came back from the Boston area, um, relocated, I think it was in the, I don't know, nineties or two thousand and you lived 94 on, it was. Yeah, yeah. You lived on uh, Shaker Boulevard or South Woodland, um, in a mansion. <laughs> well, not quite. <laughs> or, no, it, was, it was a nice size house. <laughs> no, it was, no, it was, it was, it looks like a mansion to, to people who come from a three, four bedroom split level. No, brick brick mansion close to the golf course, right? So, yeah. But I mean, you you and you still had money left over after you bought it from your sale in uh, Boston. So anybody, well, let me. No, it was I was actually um, I spent 
four and a half years in New Jersey. So that move came from New Jersey to there. And I bought the house in Shaker for exactly half of what I sold my New Jersey house for. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so anybody looking to uh, not only invest in Cleveland, but maybe moving move to Cleveland, I mean, you get a tremendous amount of house for half the price you're paying now. Is oh, that- yeah, or less. Yeah. Or even less than half in many cases. Well, let's, um, let's get some final thoughts here in terms of uh, retail. I know we've been touching a lot of different yeah. stuff, but back to retail. 40 years in the retail business, 40 plus. Um, again, I asked this question and I'll ask it again. Uh, what would you counsel your, if you had to go back to your clients now about what? Yeah. Well, given where we are with this pandemic, you know, job one is to survive, okay? And in many cases, survival means filing chapter 11. Uh, Remember, I dealt with large retail chains and a lot of them have long-term leases. Um, And in many cases, they have underperforming stores that they can't get out of. Um, So in many, you know, maybe an opportunity to get out from underneath some of those leases to lower your cost so you can continue to operate um, in an environment that's gonna be highly questionable. You know, yeah. We don't know as we come out of this, how quickly people are gonna be anxious to run back into stores again. Um, it could be three months, six months, 12 months or more. You know, um, So you gotta think survival first, okay? Uh, then you have to go back to what I talked about earlier, and that is all about customer experience. You know, if somebody comes in, they've got to have a superior customer experience coming into that store. They, you know, the, you really do have to treat the customer as he's a king, and make sure that you satisfy every need. And and we all know what that is. I mean, how many times do you go in a store and you're really disappointed because? they were out of stock or somebody didn't treat you well, or you got ignored or you couldn't find a cashier in Macy's, right? Um, That sort of thing. Um, You can't do that anymore. You know, it's just customers don't want to put up with it. They've got too many different choices. Right. Um, So that would be my advice. Um, And when I talk about survival, I really believe that there's going to be, a lot of retailers are not not going to make it through this recession that's coming up. Yeah. Um, well, it's a double-edged sword. It's not just the recession, but it's it's the virus. Um, right. And, well, they sort of go hand in hand. Yeah. Right. I mean, you've got a health you got a health issue now, um, and of course, people are going to get used to not shopping. I think it's almost been become a, a habit, um, almost like a sugar habit. That, you know, like now, for example, if I, I'm doing a lot of cooking, I've always done a lot of cooking, but now I'm going to think twice, do I want to jump out to the store and get this one ingredient? Or, right. Or do I source, you know, just see what I have, or maybe, maybe I make that later. So there's, there's a lot more intentionality to that grocery list I'm putting together. Um, and I think what's going to carry out as we, as we come out of this um, we're going to be a, a lot more mindful of, um, of, 
you know, viruses in general, but especially this one, because it's not going away. Um, and second, I think you're going to see a lot more emphasis on, on the life sciences. So uh, people are going, to, are going to be focused, instead of buying the latest fashion, fad, whatever, their, their shopping could be a lot more geared towards health. Um, right, right. Math. I think we'll see that. We're getting down to more basics. Um, you know, a lot of people have lost their job, have lost their business, and they won't have the money to spend. You know, and we talked about trading down. You know, they're going to be looking for the the basics at, at the cheapest price they can find them. And even people that do have the money are going to be conservative because they're going to worry, you know, is my job going to be next, you know? Right. So they're not going to spend the way they did before. And think about things like cruise ships. Well, who's going to go on a cruise, you know, anytime in the next year, right? Oh, two years easily. Yeah, right. Yeah, or, or even air, air, airlines. Right. I mean, the days of, of them packing us in to these planes, gradually getting less and less uh, uh, knee room, uh, those days are over. I mean, yeah. I, I can see, you know, airlines coming back at half the, the size. So you can maintain sure. social distance. So, sure. you know, the irony of it is airline travel um, is, is going to radically change like restaurants and retail. Um, and hotels. Right. I mean, that, right. that everything is is getting blown up, and the the cards are getting reshuffled. Um, you're going to get airlines, wider seats. Um, airline. Anybody that's traveling is traveling for a reason. Um, going out to restaurants, you're probably going to see a fifty percent reduction in restaurants coming out of this. Right. Right. Well, I think about my own situation. Um, we've got, we had two vacations planned this year, one to Montreal and one to Europe. And I don't think we're going to do either one, you know, because I don't want to be in any crowded situations. I don't want to be in hotels. I don't want to be in restaurants. And uh, Montreal, we go for the jazz festival and that's people wall to wall right next to one another. Right. So forget that idea. It's like Mardi Gras. Yeah. Um, so all those dollars just aren't going to be spent, you know, and it's going to be a while before people feel comfortable, you know, going right. back to the, the spending patterns that they had before. Yeah. And a lot more uh, purchases online. You, you get, uh, are you familiar with the, uh, what's going on with 5G and uh, any thoughts, right. any thoughts on that? From a, Obviously that's going to change retail. You're going to have the ability to do a lot more virtual shopping. Yeah. Um, I really haven't thought a lot about how that impacts retail. Um, you know, the 5G is always sort of hanging out there. It's going to be here in a few months and it never quite makes it. Um, hopefully, you know, it'll be soon. Um, but I just don't know the answer to that one. Right, right. Yeah. Um, okay, Bob. Well, um, let's, uh, let's call it a day. You've got to okay. wash your hands now and go... Uh, and uh, you're you're on your way to hiking in the mountains. Yeah, we're going to go in the mountains where there's still snow, and cool off because it's about ninety degrees here today. All right. Well, I don't want to hold you up. Okay, All Bob. Right. Thanks for your time. We'll thanks, talk Mike. later. Thanks, Mike.
Thank you for listening to the Cleveland Real Estate Investor Podcast. Find old and new episodes on your favorite streaming services like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, or go to our website, www.riley-properties.com.